Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And hey, Andrew, let's talk about pickles. Let's talk about pickles. Uh, we've got a great sponsor for this episode today, uh, Texas Pickle Company, which is a company locally in the Houston area that we've been supporting for quite a few years. Tom and Jessica Weldon are the owners of a Texas Pickle Company. They've been around the Houston area, serving in farmer's markets since 2014. And they, they have a great uh, signature product called the Habanero Del Chip. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a little bit of heat on the finish. Uh, it's a really crisp pickle. Uh, offered in 16-ounce jars, and all their ingredients are locally sourced and always fresh. You can see it in the jar. You can really tell the quality for sure. You can find those jars in Houston area, Total Wine and More, Dozier's Barbecue, Phoenicia Fine Foods, and Central Market locations. Um, if you're looking for online ordering, check out simplytx.com, and for wholesale opportunities, reach out to them on social media at a Texas Pickle. And once again, that's at a Texas Pickle. Make sure you check them out. Great freaking pickles, guys and gals. And today we're out in Katy, Texas. We are with uh, Brad Jackson, Jacqueline Herrera, and, and you guys are with Brett's Barbecue Shop. Brett's Barbecue Shop here on South Mason Road in Katy, Texas. Have been on our show before, but it's been a while, and there's been you know a lot of changes and growth and COVID and all sorts of fun things that have happened <laughs> the last couple of years. That you know we'll, we'll get into the fun stuff, the not so fun stuff, and. You know, just everything that's grown with this business over the last couple of years in Katy, which is, I mean, Katy's a monstrosity of a city at this point. I lived in Katy for eight years, and I don't recognize it anymore. It's just, it, every, there's something new that's built here every time I come here. Katy um, is to Andrew as Austin is to Brian. Yeah, yeah. Every time we come here, every time we go to Austin, Brian's like, oh, and down here is where I skin my knee on my bicycle. <laughs> now now there's a hipster oxygen bar there or something, something like that. that but, like, ooh. literally, that's true. <laughs> I remember coming back from every time when I was in college. Every time I come back from Katie, it was there was this whole new shopping center. Like every time I came back, it was it looked different. And I mean, from the day I moved here till now, it's it's, it's a lot of change. It is. It's a lot of change. A lot of growth. There's you know the the population of Katie is just growing and growing and growing, which can be a very good thing for business. You know, it can be a scary thing for business because more businesses come and, you know, that, that creates just, you know, just more competition for, you know, everyone's dining dollars. But you guys are in a historic spot here in Katy, Non-Mockers, the old building that, you know, I've eaten at. Brian, did you ever go there? Yeah, you I went did, to Non-Mockers back yeah. in the day too? Yeah, I saw the painting or the, the photo. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there, there's Live a Live when it was on the wall? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we're, we're that old. So. <laughs> So yeah, Non-Mockers has, awesome. has a lot of history to it, and, and Brett has a lot of history to him in this barbecue world that's gotten so expansive and crazy, and some will say hipsterish, but there's still a lot of tradition that goes into barbecue, and I think you guys do as good a job as any of straddling that line of innovation and respect to tradition, and we're going to get into... And, and the, I mean, that's you know. the thing that I, I like the most about, about Brett and, and what you guys are doing, is that you have this history, this very specific link to true barbecue history that you still hold and you you still reveal and and hold true to at the same time you're trying to innovate without going really wacky very true absolutely and i mean it's i mean a lot of for me is you know where i learned i learned at louis miller barbecue and i mean it's as old school teachings as you can possibly get and uh i found the teachings i learned at louis miller are a lot better you know we didn't use thermometers we didn't use temperature gauges and barbecue's not always done on thermometers although people the, want to the do that a barbecue, lot these days yeah, the best you know, masters I, we know i've yeah. pulled barbecue i've pulled briskets between 170 to 210 um so trying to go straight temperature on barbecue is not really the way to go and to be able to learn through your senses, through feel, through touch, through sight, I mean, that's, I feel like that's about as good of teaching as you can possibly get. I mean, you, you even talked earlier today about fondling the turkey. Um, <laughs> but but seriously, yeah, but I mean, I mean this, this is a real thing and it's a real skill. And, and, you know, it used to be passed down and it was kind of almost mythological about, about this and that. And, and barbecue became very scientific for a while. Um, there's, a, you know, it, 
how like cookers and time and temperature. Well, and, and there is a science to cooking there meats, is, there but, is. but there is an instinct to cooking meats and, and a feel like Brett alluded to. And I think that's probably served you as well. At, I don't know that anyone could produce what you're producing with the pit you're producing, because I think you have to have, you, you have to have that instinct and that feel. Like if you're just trying to go by, if you stuck a thermometer on that pit and just try to go by that, I mean, I, I would, no. I would no, imagine you have some very varied results with that. Very consistent across the pit. No. Well, well, I mean, you know, the the science behind the whole smoking process, even that, you know, I, I'll give a lot of credit to Wayne Wayne Mueller because. You know, he was very scientific, and some of the most education I got through him was, you know, understanding how things break down and why they break down, rather than just, you know, grabbing a brisket, feeling it, and being like, oh, this, you know, it has some lean to it, so now I know it's done. It was understanding how the, how, how the fat breaks down, you know, how, how the brisket breaks down as a whole, and understanding the mechanics of that. Um, you know, goes a long way in smoking in the smoking process. I mean, every brisket is unique, and yeah, that, every that's, brisket is completely different. It's one of the things that you know, it's so hard to really comprehend in barbecue is that you know every cow is a different. I mean, if you look at this table, yes. every person is built differently. Every person is different, and that's true with a cow, right? And so every brisket, it doesn't matter about the weight. The weight is irrelevant, Correct. and the time is irrelevant, and the temperature is irrelevant because it's going to cook differently. And the true experts are the ones. That, that can master that. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been fun. Uh, Taylor High School, the same high school I went to, they're, they've got a barbecue cook-off team, and they're going to state, and I've been working with them, and the girl who's doing brisket came over today for a little trimming lesson, and that was one of her questions was, she's like, you know, because she, she's, she's going on to be an engineer. She's a very smart individual. Madeline, by the way. Uh, but she's like, you know, why... You know, why is every brisket different? And that's just the way it is. Maybe Jacqueline, maybe you can speak to this. How did how did this location be where you guys ended up and where you guys wanted to be? Um, that's a funny story. Brett had been saying he was going to open a barbecue restaurant um, for a long time. And I just kept thinking, we'll see if it ever happens and see if he ever finds a spot. And then um, somebody on his barbecue team actually is the one that gave him the heads up on the non-markers location and michael campbell <laughs> he started um trying to track down trudy and was unsuccessful and then i started doing facebook searches and finding relatives of the non-marker family living in other states and was like okay keep trying and if nothing happens i'll just start messaging these people um <laughs> And we'll figure out a way to get in touch with them. And at some point, Brett can tell the rest I, of the story. I Someone called back. Door. <laughs> <laughs> I got Trudy's number. <laughs> I called her, uh, left a message, didn't hear anything for shit, two, three months. It was a while. And then one random day, I got a message on my phone saying it's Trudy. Uh, give me a call and called her came up here you know sat down spent probably a couple two three hours hanging out i think for her this was very hard for her to give up um there's a lot of memories i mean they, this is one of the first places on mason road um where you could eat and uh it was tough and she wanted to make sure whoever was coming in here you know was going to do it right and I guess I was lucky enough to prove that. Other people had been interested I, in this location previously. And um it didn't work out for them and luckily it happened here. And it just all kind of fell in place. One of our first employees is a relative of John Nonmuckers. It's oh, wow. his I don't even know, I'm gonna mess it up, but it's either his granddaughter, great niece, something. Hmm. But this young lady worked here yeah, for she... several months when we first opened and that was super interesting because she showed us a place in the back where they used to, um, you know when you have kids and you, you make the marks on the wall? Yeah. We have it back there. Oh, wow. And wow. she showed us, this is where they kept measuring the kids as they grew up, and she was like, oh, see this one? They're like 36 years old now. <laughs> it was kind of neat. That's crazy. And I mean, you know, the fact that I was able to, I mean, this is, this is one of the first places I remember eating barbecue. Um, you know, I, I moved out here 
when I was in before fifth grade. And I'd probably, you know, I'd have Luther's barbecue and stuff like that. And oh, you can eat ribs. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> shout out, shout out to Luther's. But this was this was one of the first places where I came in, and I can remember eating barbecue. And for it to kind of turn around and come back and maybe be able to come into this place is it's pretty cool. Um, when he called me and said, "Hey." It's a done deal. I got the place. I came out here and I walked in. And I remember walking in and just looking around and thinking, and you know, what? Also, have to remember, it's like <laughs> we hadn't changed anything. No. We, we had not changed anything yet. It was literally when non-mockers closed and hung up the paper on the windows. And I walked in and thought, what the hell are we going to do with this? Where did you park? Which <laughs> and I'll never forget what non-mockers hung up they just hung up a sign said, <laughs> that says we've gone fishing <laughs> it didn't say we're closed it just says we've gone fishing and, and it's very awesome. old school just yeah. like just like when the old pit master would would hand over the business it, everything we've heard the, the true legendary ones it was just one day they said this is it and i and i know there's a little different reason for that but well and um, that's you know we were talking about that earlier you know it's you know the name pit master which is widely used now overused um, it's yeah. you know 100%. it's kind of like a craft cocktail you can, you, know. you can go to school for that now too or I'm it's a just mix, like mixologist well it's what, also what, what, what i'm what i mean also like even the word chef online, i mean that's but, what we yes, used yeah. i was just gonna say if you've cooked I mean, on a line for six months suddenly you're a chef i know but but <laughs> a pit master the old school way that that was passed down was from one pit master to another and you know over the last, you know, and over the last 10, 15 years, it hasn't been that long. You know, it's changed from this tradition that was handed down to now, you know, everybody calls themselves a pitmaster, which is fine. I mean, it's, you know, if you want to call yourself a pitmaster, that's fine. But there used to be this great, it felt really good. It was, it was a title that was earned. And I feel like nowadays like it's it's not earned. It's just people give themselves that title. And like I said, it's nothing to anybody. I'm not putting anyone down. It's just it's just that's my old school mentality. So so you you said it was earned. What in in your opinion, what is the difference between a pit master and somebody that cooks brisket really well? I mean, it's it's just it's that it's there, there's not a ton there's really not a huge difference than someone who cooks brisket really well in a pit master the the difference is people who were given the lineage of pit master had paid their dues they had generally come up from working their ass off for zero dollars i mean I, I well, you my, weren't allowed I, to cook brisket until you earned that. I did not. That was how Brad was. I did not touch. Yeah. I did not touch a brisket unless I was rotating it. Hey, we and, heard and, rotating briskets <laughs> is very important. Yeah. And, 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 and t- until you know, it was at least eight months in. Like, you know, the whole training process at Louis Miller. You know, I finished in a good amount of time, and and that was that was seven to eight months. You know, most people it was a year to a year and a half. And so that just putting all that work in, going the extra mile, finding out, you know, learning it from the ground up. It's, you know, back in the day, that's how you earn the right to be called a pit master. These days, it's, it's different. And that has nothing to do with, you know, how well you cook something. I mean, there's, there's people out there that are just starting that can cook great brisket. Well, maybe it, they can cook one. Maybe, right? <laughs> and that's a that's a big difference yeah. too. I mean, that's that's something that I always joke about, you know, at the shop, especially when we were open and we'd have people coming in all the time. Is you know, people were, people would come up and they're like, "Man, I I can cook a brisket better than you." And my first question is always like, "What's the most? What is the most amount of brisket you've ever cooked at one time in your life?" And usually it's like, oh, four or five. The most we ever heard was six. And Brett's like, like, well, I do 30. So talk to me then. (laughs) Make them all taste the same. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. It sounds like there was a lot of paying of dues and sweat equity that went into earning that title. Whereas 
we live in we live in a social media world instant gratification you know I, I want to be the star of the show as soon as I can be and so yeah you do have those people that you know they put in three months at XYZ famous place and yes. now they're a pit master where you know did they cook briskets when they were there or did they chop the potatoes you know like who knows you'll never know but but I think that's that's kind well, of the where chopping onions chopping probably. onions you know the, the the little jobs that you have to do in a kitchen before you earn your way up to the pits but right. everyone wants to bypass all of that to get straight to the limelight now and it's no, it? I won't say everyone but there are people you know yeah, and that's society as a whole not just oh barbecue. yeah it's not just barbecue. that's everything Absolutely. comedy deal I don't know what the guy's name is but he talks about Amazon Prime, and he's like, now we're to the point where it's like, well, I want Prime now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to have to wait yeah. one day. Yeah, get, getting in a day <laughs> or two, what the I hell? I want it now. <laughs> you know, he came in with a very traditional background of barbecue. Um, There's a very tiny building um, mm-hmm. with zero parking. <laughs> um, and and yet, you guys are still trying to innovate. You know, we, we had some great new sausage today. I don't know if we can talk publicly about it or not. Um, ah, you can talk about yeah. it. So, well, because if I say it, it's going to come <laughs> out and you're going to see it in 10 places. Yeah, let's I, just wait then. Yeah, yeah I will guarantee you the, the, the name of your sausage can, will become repeated. I kind of want to see if it comes out in 10 places. We've already done that a couple times, yeah. and I lose my mind. Exactly. So. Um, but but you guys have been innovating within within the right realms, right? Not just not just getting really wacky, as we mentioned earlier. Um, trying trying to branch out, and Katie is fairly conservative, I think, as well, right? So, well, but I think it's growing. There's a lot of young families that have moved into trailed. Katie over yes. the last decade. So yes. the thing with Katie is Katie is it's grown a tremendous amount, but Katie still holds on to that old school just a little bit. It still holds on to that old school mentality, and it's very, 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 and some of it has got to be credited to Fort Bend Foodies, and I don't give a lot of shout-outs, but they have helped keep the whole Katie mindset of local, and Katie supports local businesses probably more than any of the surrounding areas that I know of. Well, and that's one thing I noticed too, because it frustrated the heck out of me when I lived here seven, eight years ago, is there wasn't enough there was family restaurants. There, there was wasn't. a lot of chain restaurants mm-hmm. here. You know, there's very few mom and pop, you know, stores and restaurants around here. And over the last decade, it's just blown up. And there yeah. are so many more now. And from what I understand, a lot of them are doing well, you know, COVID stuff aside, you know, a lot of them yeah. are, have, have done well and, and have prospered here. And that is a testament to what's, you know, the, the families that have moved in here and then like I said you know the, the the people that are using their platforms in the right ways to help promote the right places yeah. and the places that are doing things the right way you know Katie has grown a lot but that's one of the things that it, it would blow our minds the first few years that Brian and I started doing our little barbecue tours together is Katie just didn't have a ton of really good barbecue nope. you know, Katie, the, well Katie, Katie has had uh, Chris Reed referred to it as the uh, bar- barbecue, barbecue wasteland, wasteland. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and other than um, Brooks Place yeah, right. Brooks yes. Place, which is kind right. of straddling yeah. right. so for, for the line. Right, just north. Yeah, yeah. For, the, for, for the longest time, if you go from almost <laughs> Tejas, you know, before before Wes moved out, but there was from Tejas all the way down to Swinging Door. Wow. That was about it. Yeah. And yeah. that's a huge swath of, of a, real estate. Huge. Yeah. That, um, that you guys came in and, and started to kind of change things up. As you started to innovate, what, what did you have good experience with and what was just a little too much for the locals what did you have to kind of dial back on oh goodness please <laughs> please tell the beef cheese story oh beef this cheese. is All a good right. one this is a good one um i mean there's there's been a lot of different aspects of, i mean coming in here coming into namakers you know filling this place it was it was one of those deals where people were used to paying a certain price for brisket you know, it wasn't like Nommachers was serving prime brisket. It was, you know, choice. And so when I opened up, I mean, my I, I knew opening up that I, my prices, I think we were 18 or $19 per pound for brisket. And, you know. This is October 2018, yeah. we, mind you. And we had to start everything at a certain point. Because I knew if we started too high right. that people would just immediately write us off we had to educate the consumer and out it here. Was, which is incredibly which, smart which and not everybody yes. realizes Edu- yeah. educating the consumer is everything i mean it's not the fact that people need to be 
educated, but you do have no, to but understand. No, they understand. I mean, no, they understand. What, what you guys were, you guys were doing in, a, you know, a per the pound we're, we're, type we're, mentality, too. You know, we're, 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 we were bringing in something that wasn't, was very unique to Katie. It wasn't, it wasn't the norm in Katie. And, you know, it took a little, I mean, it was no different than when we, when COVID hit. And then we had to kind of reintroduce a whole new thing to our customers. Um, you know, it was a lot easier opening up than trying to turn <laughs> a curbside thing, make that happen. We pivoted um, really well with that, but going towards the, when we opened educating the consumer, um, it was hours and hours. It was hours and hours a day, every day we were open where for that first six months, explaining to people about prime brisket, the pricing, um, turkey, the cut of ribs that we were using, they were coming in and thinking they were going to get a half a pound of brisket for $5. And, well, why not? Or a it's just, plate for it's just brisket. <laughs> right. It's just brisket. So it was constant behind-the-counter sure. um, education. No, and, no, but, no, but I want to hear this no. beef cheek story. Um, we started doing beef cheek and making it into tacos and braising it and shredding it and so on and so forth. And as you know, Leroy and Lewis and oh, other restaurants, that's what you're talking about. they do a sliced beef cheek. God. We can't. I, I, mean, made, I made the greatest sliced beef cheek. We sell so many pounds of the shredded <laughs> beef cheek. It's insane. <laughs> Pints of it, tacos of it. Anyway, as long as it's shredded, we can't keep it behind the counter. And, and what did you call it? Beef cheek or did you call no, it? No, we call it beef cheek. Okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Because it's not barbacoa. all right, it is. Right. is I, I, it's the sliced version. It yeah, is, yeah. It is I'm, I'm not going to try to school no, you on what it is. we're not going down the barbacoa road. I chose that right way long ago. I knew that before. I was just curious if they even accepted the name beef cheek. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of times they asked, why don't you call it barbacoa? And I explain it. When he wanted to do the slicing, it was gorgeous. It came out amazing. It was one of the best. I mean, it was. They won't. Like when they, you cook those well, and they're that sticky fat, and oh, they gosh, won't yeah. latch on to that here. I mean, yeah. it was. We can't sell it. It was as delicious of a thing as I have ever made, and no one bought it. Yeah. So we're not in Austin. Like, we're not in Dallas. We're not downtown Houston. We're out here in Katy, and that sliced beef cheek. And I could show you the picture right now, and you'd say, "Oh my goodness, it looks amazing." We can't sell it to save our life. Hmm. It's one of the only things we have never. Ever had take I mean, uh, okay. so, you guys are missing it, out. Right. So, so we 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 did sausage. We did whole hog. We did pork steak. So, this is is this going to be the year yeah, of beef cheek? Yeah. Now, now we got beef, beef, beef cheek. This okay. Year. <laughs> All right. It's on. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like if you cook it properly, and you know, sliced beef cheek is one of the most delicious pieces of yes. meat. I, I mean, we said it before. Like Leroy and Lewis's sliced beef cheek is better oh than ninety percent of people's brisket. Oh, well, you know, sure. like that's awesome. You know, if, if, if you cook it well, it's delicious. It is. It's. I mean, it's richer. It's. It's the texture of it's better. It's just, it's, it's incredible. So a lot of the customers that were out here, um, they're not going out to these other places and trying all these things. They may see it on social media, but they're coming in here just looking for the standard fare, which is brisket, sandwiches, plates, potato salad, so on and so forth. One of the early things, we put mayonnaise, mustard, and sour cream in the potato salad. That was a... A big deal. People were like thrown way off by but I, that. But I always, because everybody's like, is it mayonnaise or is it mustard? Right. And so I can just say it's everything. Yeah. <laughs> so the bottom it. line it's is we started just having to educate and at the I counter for stuff. months, months <laughs> and months the actual n nuts and bolts of the menu. And then it was when we started introducing in other little things that we gained the confidence of people and they trusted us and they were like, well, wait a minute. If they're making it, I'll probably eat it. So now well, we the, start introducing in different such things. music to our ears. And, yes, like, yes and, exactly. And the, and the specials and, were a big thing. And big time. I don't often feel like we don't get, like, I don't want credit for many things. But I feel like no one really around that I know of, and maybe you all know different, we're doing specials four days a week or five days a week. Um before we were really doing specials four or five days a right. week. I published a menu every week of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. These are the specials of the day. They had pricing, they had pictures, and it was published in the early part of the week because we're only right. open on Wednesday and through Sunday so they could plan ahead. And well, I hashtagged and I, it. I think it's important to say also you're doing these specials out of this tiny little building yes. off of one pit. 
Um, but but what I want to talk about is, is you talked about kind of how to how to bring your audience into new flavors and new things. Um, sausage is the gateway, right? I mean, sausage is is the gateway to doing that. And sausage is fun. Yeah, and it's allow allow you to be creative. So. You guys are doing more and more creative sausages, and without talking about the mysterious one that we won't, <laughs> the sausage that we won't speak of today, uh, l- let's kind of talk about your, your journey of sausage. And, and I'd actually like to go all the way back to kind of Louis Miller, which, was, which is an absolutely classic sausage. How did you get your sausage here? Um, and then some of the things that you've been doing with it lately. So Louis Miller was always funny because that was, you know, the recipe book at Louis Miller was about four pages, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the sausage was not in it, and that was the one thing that no one really knew. I mean, there was only one person above me, and he was the only one who sort of knew the recipe for sausage, but he still didn't know the full recipe because there was a certain amount that was done that was already mixed together so no one really knew the recipe but coming from Louis Miller coming here it was I debated for a long time I was going back and forth am I going to do sausage am I not going to do sausage this is a really small place so I'm looking on Craigslist I'm trying to see if I can find a little sausage grinder or whatever I found this little this little. Yeah, you have lady. to be careful which list you look at. Cause sausage grinder, can, <laughs> <laughs> the wrong list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Grinder, Facebook grinder. Maybe I'll create Craigslist. Well, yeah. well, don't, don't look on grinder for a sausage grinder. The sweet little old lady out in Fulcher. <laughs> <laughs> she. So I got this little piece of machine, and I mean, I you know, it had been three, four years since I had even done sausage. I didn't really have any sort of recipe to really roll on so at that point it was trial and error so more error than anything yeah it was it, it was actually it wasn't as bad as i thought it might be because i really when i took it on i was like god this could take me two months to figure yeah. this out i started with five but then i went from five to doing 20 pounds and that didn't really work out real well so then i went to 10 and then I went to 20 because I've got the 10 tasting good. But the one I went to 20, it's it, it weird. doesn't it's weird. scale. No, no, no. It, it does not scale. Yeah. You just, you yeah. think, you think, yeah, you just, you know, you times it by two. And right. It doesn't it work doesn't that way. It doesn't always work no. that way. And it took me probably about 10 good tries to really get it honed in where I could start really just tweaking it. And then from there, it was just tweaking. And my whole idea from the beginning was to come up with you know a sausage seasoning that i could use with that was universal so you know very rarely like the new sausage i made today is one of the first times i guess the second time where i've changed my core ingredients of my sausage um Usually the spice just remains the same, and it's what well, I incorporate well, it's, it's, into. Um, it's it's very Central Texas, um, Czech style. It's got the garlic, and it'll um, it'll it'll, 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 it'll yeah. engulf all sorts of flavors very well, um, and it's awesome because like it's hard enough coming up with one sausage <laughs> recipe to have to come up with twenty five sausage recipes is insane. Right. Well, and that's that's great. I mean, it's one of the things that we got to try today. Like I said, the, the, the secret sausage we got to try today. And obviously it's something that you're still tinkering with. We think it's there based on what we ate today. But but again, it shows that you're going through that process of, of learning and, and refining it. And then, you know, another another sausage that you guys are working on with a with a cheese, yes. a cheese sausage <laughs> yeah. that we will not name anything else on. But uh, but that's you know another exciting thing that could be coming down. Wait, the that pipe was a secret Brits. one that we had. No, no. Oh, he's the already other secret. No. Like, you, okay. I don't think you saw the lady no, no, that came. Yeah, to yeah, pick yeah. Up no, no, food. I did that. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. No, I thought we were talking. No, the cheese. What was the cheese sausage we had today? That was the garlic cheese. Oh, that's the garlic, garlic cheese. cheese. Garlic cheese. That was phenomenal. Yeah, that's really one of was. our standards. Yeah, we've been making that for a long time. People love it, and we bring it back every now and again. It, it was unique enough, and, you know, to your point about finding the right flavors. It was unique Very enough garlicky. that it's, it's yeah. well, we love, I love it. sausage. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, well, we, that's, I, if I'm going to do something that's called garlic and cheese exactly. sausage, 
I want it to smack you in the face. Like Hallelujah. I, I, I don't I don't want well, if well, we've been to Beaumont, garlic, like that'll smack you in the face in Beaumont. Don't, yeah, don't, yeah. don't don't just don't put a little garlic in there and call it garlic cheese sure. sauce. Yeah. Well that's like, that's one thing Brian and I have always talked about with like the recipes that we've done and stuff we've done with double back is if if the name if the if the ingredient is in the name of the thing, you better right. taste it. Yeah. Yes. You know, like yes. otherwise, don't call it a spicy blah 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 blah. If you're gonna put spicy, spicy, it should be garlic. Right. Right. You can't taste the garlic. You know, yeah. it's just to me that's common sense, but not everyone does it. Oh, I know. So so in addition, so so we've talked about some of your your sausage endeavors. Um, outside of sausage, what are some other proteins or specials that you guys have? Since since you first started, what have you kind of explored and and kind of grown out to a little bit? I, I mean, the beef cheeks been something we've definitely but only shredded, on. right? Not sliced. <laughs> One day, one day people will eat my sliced beef cheeks. Someday, and I will be a happy man, and they will be happy too. Um, you know, the pork steaks are something that we've heard about pork steaks that I have. There's not a lot of people doing pork steaks, and I learned why. I mean, pork steaks are not an easy meat to cook, and they're, they're not. They're deceptively difficult. They are. Because right? they look like they'd be very easy. It's 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 basically like a steak, literally. Yes. But there's a lot of nuance to it. Well, it's a steak, but it's also a pork butt. It's it's a tough and, it's a tough and, piece and of meat. You're talking yeah. about something that you you generally cook for ten hours, and you know you're taking that same piece of meat and you're having to break all that fat down within a time period that doesn't dry out that you know one to two inch piece of pork steak and it's that's probably one of the things more than anything that i took on that i was like hey you know this will be cool this will be something people will love it and the first time i cooked them i was like holy crap i don't know what i'm doing But they were amazing, and, 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 the and they 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 turned out they turned out good. But, but I got some lucky. people have <laughs> taking them, but but it, hard but, to introduce. But but yeah. even now, it's you know I'm still learning how to cook these things to the standard that I want them at. But it does seem like the community has really embraced this restaurant. You know, the the Katy community does seem to have a really strong connection to this place. Which again wasn't easy. A lot of people face uphill battles going to going into historic places. Definitely. You know, and and going back to what you guys said about customer education and, and really connecting with your customers, I think social media is a great tool to be able to do that with. There are right and wrong, wrong ways to do that. Jacqueline, tell us a little bit because I think you do a really good job about connecting on social media, informing the customer, but not beating them over head with every single thing you're doing every second of the day. Um, yes, I would agree with that. Um, it is a fine line and trying to figure out where you want to, I mean, I see plenty of places, not just barbecue, but businesses in general that they try too hard and they're desperate and that comes across and that right there is a turnoff for people. Um, I try to look at it more like I'm just putting out their information for people to consume and if they want it great if they don't fine move on um, the people that do want it and do engage and interact then hey fantastic and we develop that conversation online um, I've worked hard with Instagram Twitter and Facebook since we opened and you know those are three separate platforms where you have to treat each one of them almost like they're a different child and we've split it basically to where we we have we each have our kind of own channel oh, because because okay. it's just it, it yes, is it's yes. really is there's a different level of interaction yes very much so and your 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 clientele so to speak your audience is totally different yeah. on those three yeah. platforms so maintaining those and putting pictures i mean that's been huge for us pictures. huge she, um, she, you're, she, you're not she, on tiktok yet she, she, <laughs> she told me for a long time she's like pictures are huge i knew pictures were important but pictures yeah. Well, I think it was it was Daniel Vaughn that Our said huge. it years ago, and it's one of the things that we really agree with Daniel is if you've seen enough good barbecue, eaten enough good barbecue, you can tell with about 80% certainty who's serving good barbecue. Yeah. Through pictures. Through pictures. Yeah. Just yes. through seeing the yes. pictures. Well, I say that all the time. Like, Big time. I'm like, 
I know and you can tell when people right. are using now, funky filters. Oh, God. The filters. I was just going to say that. people that, you know, they accidentally cook good barbecue one day and take Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell when you see the same one good picture times. The biggest problem is the people that don't cook good barbecue, and then they filter it to a point where they think no one's going to notice it's bad barbecue. And that is horrifying to me. That's the worst thing you can do, actually. Right. So food photography, I mean, I'm not a photographer by any means, but what I do understand is, okay, let's make the food look good and actually appealing to people, like they might want to eat it, and then post it on there with information. And, you know, there's you can look at analytics and see different times of the day when your people are watching and this and that and the other. For me, it's less about that. I don't look at social media like a science, like the meat per se, but it's more about um, the feedback that I get, the interaction that we get, um, why we're posting what we post, and what do I want the dialogue to be for that. Um, whether it's our specials, you know, like I'll, I post the specials now on Mondays at noon. We open on Wednesday through Sunday. Well, attaching pictures to those specials when I post them at noon on Monday is do or die. We either get flooded with special orders if it has a picture by the time we open on Wednesday, or we don't. It's as simple as that. People eat with their eyes first. They've said that for ages. That is the number one, 100% truth. Um, also, I've been doing social media since 2009. So I started um, a Facebook account for a business in Washington, D.C., a restaurant that I worked at. Um, in 2009 and then just took on Instagram from there Twitter from there and I've never stopped this entire time so everything I've learned over all of those years from only I've only done it for food places um, you know I moved to Texas in August of 2016 didn't know a damn thing about barbecue and now to be here all this well, time <laughs> and bring in the social media aspect you know I enjoy the hell out of it well, and and that's you part said of it thing. wasn't a science, but what you've already said is you, you're doing it very analytically already. Um, how much Probably. time, <laughs> spe specific to Brett's Barbecue Shop, how much time a week do you spend on social media, both thinking about it, working on it, posting it, responding to it? If you could just assume, how, how many hours a week? I mean, easily six to seven hours a day. Um, I lay in bed at night. I fall asleep with my phone in my hand, and I plan you know i write out my stuff in my notes on my phone i save it for later in the week i get my pictures ready i'm constantly from the time i wake up till i go to sleep on those three platforms either posting responding uh i mean it's it's insane quite honestly. i mean it, it's a job but it but it's what it's what it takes it does it is it really what it takes is. Yeah. and yeah. if and you does an incredible job if you yeah. know me or read anything I write online. The number one thing is the only thing worse than not having social media is having bad social media. If you're going to be on there, do it. Just just do it. And people think that getting on and just posting one or two things a week is enough or maybe they don't want to pay someone to do it or this. I mean, it doesn't matter. I could I, I could go on for hours. Social I mean, media so, so much, in today's day and age is make or break. When I, End I, of story. I feel like something that she's really good at as far as it's getting the customers interacting with i mean whether it be a, con a contest or whether it be just some random post of something funny and you know tell us what you know what you think this person yeah, is it's thinking very or important doing or, yeah. but, but it's like it's just getting everybody interacted with it is where i mean she blows everybody else out of the water yeah, well, it's like it's creating a digital community. I know there's Correct. a lot of talk about stuff like that, but it's a real thing. It is. You know, and then there are people that will probably comment on every single post that you make. There are people that may comment on one out of 20 posts that you make, but but it's getting that connection together. Uh, what would you say is, you know, because I know not only do you follow social media, but you, you, you see what other restaurants and other businesses do. What do you think is the single biggest or most common mistake that you see businesses do with their social media? Number one, bad food photos. Hands down, number one. Um, number two, and, and illiterate how it, how, Well, let, let's kind of focus on that a bit. A, what do you mean by bad food photos? And B, what, what can they do to be better? I mean lighting, um, number one. Angle, just, number two. Just a bad picture. I mean, you know, you're not taking pictures to send to your 
kid over text or something. You're you're basically it's like it's see. like a paid yeah. photographer. Right. You're trying to have photography level and, and, and photos I, and I know that, on your um, social. People like Fedra um, have, yes. have actually had classes on how to take food photos, even with your mobile phone. Yes. I did, I did a trip last year to Alaska, and the guy showed us some amazing pictures that he took with his mobile phone, and he showed us, you talked about angle, he showed us about angles yes. and things. We still have a lot to learn, don't get me wrong, um, but, but There's several it's apps. not just the quality of the, the lens there's much more to it and so Correct. so that that is a skill yes itself. you're right oh, without a doubt um there's many apps out there that you can download and use that are free you can upgrade to pay for them they control everything where look at this if i'm trying to take food photos in here right now they're not going to look good but i have apps that can adjust the light and it's just like taking a photo or a podcast into the editing room and making no, it happen. We don't do that. <laughs> editing now, room is my couch. <laughs> the thing is, you know, our food, if I take it out front, I don't need to edit anything. It looks like it looks. I don't filter anything. I don't make anything look like it's not. It stands on its own. But having the ability to have the eye to know, hey, I probably shouldn't post that. That's where people are kind of sometimes not making <laughs> yeah. the right decision. Yeah. Sure. Well, Vol quantity is better than quality. Um, vice versa. Vice versa. Right. Quality's better I was going to say, quality is better than quality. Well, that was a trick question. Sometimes she sends things to me and she's like, should I post them? I'm like, no. Well, when he, sometimes he's not here and the brisket, you know, the brisket, it's, sometimes I'm a little bit like, I'm pretty good with the brisket, like the one that you guys had today. Lord, I'll blow that up and put it on the wall. But there's times where that brisket just starts to look like it might be drying out. And I am very critical. I mean, ridiculously critical. <laughs> so as Oops. critical as I am, sometimes I'm overly critical, and I know that. So I think, okay, I'm not going to post this. But then I go, well, wait a minute. He might be happy with how his brisket looks. Let me ask him. And more often than not, he'll say, no, that's not a good picture. Don't post that. Or, you know... But if I'm questioning something like Which that... Which I greatly appreciate. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, if I you see know, a picture of brisket that I don't want on, <laughs> online, I want to be a little upset. <laughs> and I know sometimes I'm overboard, but I'd rather be overboard to that side than the other side. Um, and to what you asked, photography and also the posting. The spell things right. That's what it's all about. Well, su success in this business That's what is... It's all about. is consistency but not being you yeah right it right. really is but and, and it's not about opening up five locations and not being involved no no but, I, but I, what you guys have already said it's it's understanding the product you want is going to be consistent mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be you cooking and that is success inconsistency is everything in this it's business. what you train I mean, the people to do exactly. and it, them it, well, I making mean, it happen yeah if i've got a guy his name's rolando garcia and you will see his name he is incredible, and he's worked with me for, well, about five years now, between Midtown, opening up a Mexican restaurant. like I think Rolando uh, did those cherry chipotle glazed ribs yes, we yes, had a while yes. back. Those he were did. delicious. Yes. And he is a name you will see, and it is incredible he's to amazing. have somebody, and granted, I'm not one who doesn't work, but I know if I don't have to work, I know it's going to be just as good as I cook. And for me, the fact that a person who I've trained is as good as I am is, I mean, if I'm able to ever just leave this place and it is just like I would cook it every day, that's the greatest thing I could possibly do. Like that's that's a goal. That's a goal. That's a goal for anybody who's running a restaurant. And then you know, granted, that should be the goal. Right. But problem is, it's there's too many people. It's not the goal for. They either want right. to get out of there as soon as they can, and the quality suffers. Right. Or they never trust their employees, and they're always going to be the ones slaving away at the pit, slaving very away true. at the block. But that's generally because you're not good to your employees. Well, that is a very big factor. I mean, of it. And you're going to burn yourself out doing that in no time. You will. Mm -hmm. And Man, I mean, I've, I've been on both sides. Like, I've learned what it's like to burn yourself out more than once. And it's, <laughs> it sucks. But it also teaches you that you can't ever do this by yourself. I mean, without a team behind you, 
And, and we are really, a mini team. Really, really more, it's not even, a, it's, it's a family. I mean, sure. unless you create this family who is just as much involved as you are, I mean, it's, it's, it's not really worth doing. Like, because you're just going to be alone. And at the end of the day, you know, you got to have a team. Uh, going back to what you were saying about the presentation on the food, you want it to be, you want to share with your listeners or your followers, go to this place and you'll get the same experience as us. That tray of food that you had when you got here today, it doesn't matter who you are. If you come in and order barbecue, if we're open, that is what your tray is going to look like. If the meat is not at that level, it doesn't make it on the tray. So we probably waste more meat than, I mean, there's people that come in and go, Thank what God are you doing with that? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's still perfectly good brisket. Absolutely. Well, but no, that's it's one of the not, brilliant specials that you guys the, do. The amount of people that, like, we, we have no problem with like, people doing repurposed specials. Up, yes. People, come, None. people coming in, like, that's something within the next 30 days I really want to have back. Like, we built this place on let's have fun yep. we have fun with our customers they we all make fun of each other our customers <laughs> make business deals everybody's handing out business cards it's a good time like that's you know and that's what we built this place on we and were the, the cheers of, people, of barbecue and katie the, the amount of people shortly after the amount of people that will walk back and look inside the chopped beef bucket, even though they're not supposed to be behind the counter, <laughs> right. and be like, what is this in here? And they'll take it and start yeah. eating it. I'm like, get your hand. You should, just tell them, oh, that's the stuff that fell on the floor. Sorry. <laughs> you, you, just ruined, you just ruined the chopped beef bucket. But. You know, being this small, and although there's no parking, and you know we only have the seating that we do, that's been part of the amazing aspect of this restaurant. We didn't open in a place that seats... 150 people no, eating lunch people and they're throwing their trays up there and shoulder. there's bus boys and servers or point, multiple had, people at the counter. We had like two tables like this it was, where people didn't have a choice. Yeah, we did communal seating to begin with. Yes, we did communal seating. And it was a little weird, but people like when you when you turn around and you look out and all these people were, you know, they're coming in here by themselves and now they've got three or four friends. I mean, it's Which it's has cool. been a little it's difficult fun. with, with COVID and, and, and why you guys have done curbside because because barbecue is very communal. Correct. 100%. And, I mean, if you go back to the most classic joints, that's exactly what it was. You yes. sat at a table, long table with a bunch of people. But you mentioned exactly the size. What do you want in the future, right? What would you envision the next level of Brett's barbecue shop be? More parking. <laughs> more parking. It can't be less. <laughs> we, can't, we have to. We have to I lead mean, with more parking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I eventually I want to go into definitely a bigger place. Um, you know, I want a parking lot. I want to have the opportunity to do big events, do big parties, Music. have co- have collaborations with people. I mean, the the biggest transition of going from a place like this to a bigger place is going to be consistency. I mean. Yeah, 100%. That's going to be... But, but you guys want to be Katie, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Harris uh, we're, County. We're, we're not leaving. We're no. not leaving Katie. We've only been we, looking we, in, what, nine miles? Yeah. Nine mile radius? If it's, you know, if you draw that thing and go like this? No. Mm-hmm. No more than that. But, and that's long. I mean, a great spot. Old Corky's. That would be an awesome spot. Red, that was 27.5 a month, so we had to pass on that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So did they after a few months. <laughs> well, I'm curious what That's it's good, at Andrew. now because it was um, yeah, it's insane. So the, the, the several places that we looked at pre-COVID like place, didn't work out. A place like Corgi's or a place like Red River down the street, um, you know, the something that's, you know, a big enough building to have enough seating, have, have a bar, you know, do a little more late night. You Would know, you like I, to have I've more had, than one I, pit? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know I've had, I've had different concepts of doing the beast of you know, a more traditional barbecue like through the day, and then doing more of a bar menu at night. So, other than sliced beef cheek, what's what's something that you would like to make here that you don't think you can right now because of the current audience? Ooh, and I like that. <sighs> I hate them, but sweetbreads would be an interesting thing i, I don't, don't hate them i just had a real bad experience my uh little stint in culinary school 
which I graduated, but it was just a short time. It was a two-year program. Our whole class made sweetbreads, and the sweetbreads were bad, and so our whole class got ridiculously sick. Oh, what a nice story! And, uh, <laughs> but he wants—it's a redemption story. He but, wants to have yes, this redemptive sweetbread experience. Like, from like I have not eaten sweetbreads since then, not once. But from all the people that I respect in this world, they tell me how great sweetbread is. If I'm going to give it another chance, I'm cooking it myself, and it's going to be smoked. <laughs> Alrighty. All right, let's do a couple for Jacqueline here. So, if there's any any other restaurant or business that you could do a collaboration with, you know, whether that's a full restaurant collaboration, just a dish, who would it be, and why? Oh, jeez. Here in Houston? Anywhere. Could be anywhere. Oh goodness! If we could collaborate with anyone when it came to food, I would choose Thomas Keller. Hands down, a hundred percent. I'm going to Napa in August. To eat at his restaurant? Yes. <gasps> I'm very excited. Oh my goodness! It, it's our 10 year anniversary trip. Congratulations! One year late, thanks to COVID. Yes. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's one of those oh, like wow. I don't even want to look at the price. Just here's my card. No, yeah. Nice well, the, 10 year anniversary. Uh, exactly. I mean, so, you so, don't yeah, look at the yeah, price. Yeah, we're staying you in Yonville and. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's going to be fun. So, it's going to so be what is expensive. it about Thomas Keller? How long Keller? are you is he, going Is he for? the guy that paints uh, with light? Five days. No, Tom Ke- Thomas Keller is, oh well, for the longest goodness. time, was considered possibly the greatest American chef. Yes. Uh, three-star Michelin restaurants in, I think he I, still has one in Vegas, but he has restaurants in New York, restaurants, and he's from the Napa Definitely. Valley area. And uh, his restaurant, the French Laundry in Yonville, for yeah. a long time has been laundry, considered... Yeah. One of the best restaurants in America, one of the best restaurants in the in world. In the world. Some of the most talented chefs have yes. resumes that stem back from French Laundry. You uh, just show up somewhere and you say you've worked for Thomas Keller and they'll hire you on the spot. Yeah. You he's, stage for a day. He's like the just... Aaron Franklin of fine dining. Yeah. <laughs> to, to bring, oh, yeah. To bring it back to barbecue. There you go. <laughs> well, while you're over there, go ahead and set that up for me. All right. Please. I'll work on that. I'll work okay. on that. If, if he's there that day, I will... Uh, I will That's let him crazy. know. Yeah. He he'll, ask, he'll ask to speak to him, and he'll say, do you not know who no, no. I am? I mean, <laughs> my background is fine dining. My world Tell pre-barbecue is right. fine dining. So combining the two would be I'll put a sticker on the French one. No, that's definitely Andrew, Andrew's angle is that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a culinary I, school I'm intentionally nerd, confusing okay. him with Thomas Kincaid. I've purpose, only but. worked in those type of restaurants prior to moving to Texas, and... Uh, come into barbecue. Gotcha. So a marrying of the two would be absolutely amazing. That, so that, that would be fun. So what, this is going to be out to both of you, um, and this is going to be specific to barbecue. What barbecue restaurant would you like to go eat at that you haven't yet? Mimsy's. Uh, I'd say Mim- Mimsy's is a good choice. I'd love to go uh, check out Bodacious Barbecue. And Mimsy's is open in the evenings. So you guys can literally say. do both of those in one day yeah. if you just had one. I anywhere. was in Conroe and was going to shoot up there, but from Conroe to Mimsy's, it was still an hour and 40 yeah, it's minutes. It's still a bit of drive. It's yeah. way up there. Yeah. It's, it's out there. It's I told you there. I was in Dallas, not last week, but the week before, and I wanted to go to Zavala's, but they weren't open yet. Now, they of course, just opened they're this open. Week. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And high, is it High Barbecue? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, high Barbecue is the best barbecue I had at the last... Um, Texas, the whole uh, Fort Worth, Texas, like Texas Fort Worth scene Festival. in particular, not just Dallas, but Fort Worth yes. is outrageous right now. But outrageous. I mean, Heim Barbecue, the bite of brisket I had from them at Texas Monthly Barbecue Festival, and those I bacon unders- things, the bacon burn ends. Bacon burn ends. Oh I mean, having to hold brisket and it still tastes that good. It was the best piece of brisket I had at the Texas Monthly Barbecue Fest. Jacqueline, you do one of the best social media accounts in barbecue. Whose social media and barbecue do you also admire? Ooh. Who do you think does a really good job with their social? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I like that question. Uh, let me think for a second. Billy Durney, <laughs> hometown barbecue. You are not good the one. first person who has said that. Billy Durney. It took me a second, but I had to. Billy Durney, hometown barbecue. Tattoo of Texas on his calf, <laughs> on his giant well, calf. And I've been to and his barbecue restaurant in New York. <laughs> I have as um, well. I went to New York, and Brett said, You have to go to Billy Durney's place. So I got on the ferry, took it across, walked down to Red Hook, ate the barbecue there. Amazing. Brought a beef rib back on the plane, caused a huge stir at the <laughs> New York airport. A beef rib on the plane. Yes. There we go. yes. That's a whole episode on its own. <laughs> it was, it was uh, interesting. And I had to be like, 
no, sir, it's a bone. It's a, a bone from an animal. <laughs> and he was like, just empty your bag. And I was like, oh, my goodness. They said, I'm just bringing it back to Texas. That could so. be a shank. That <laughs> <laughs> was a funny story. Okay, so definitely hometown barbecue. He d- they do a really great job. Right. They what, get it. From what they I understand is he takes most of the pictures himself. He has a really good eye for it. You know, it's in someone... I don't know if he wants it public or not, but some someone that takes amazing barbecue pictures and serves amazing barbecue, that's who he said as well. It's like someone who he thinks takes great barbecue pictures is Dernie. Definitely. Yeah, and and uh, their verbiage and yeah. the 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 online presence. And even since they opened in Miami, they've kept it going over there. Yeah. Um, so that would be definitely the first thing that comes to mind. Good answer. So so what is so on, on to end on a positive note, what is the best thing that you've seen over the barbecue world as a change? since kind of the the louis miller days i think i i think the innovation of like where barbecue's gone i mean it's you know i love the old school i mean that's i will always cook your certain meats in a very old school fashion but how far the mind and the ideas that have come out over the last 10 years of you know, just innovative barbecue, just innovative sausage, like just going outside the box and making something that no one ever thought was barbecue and turn it into barbecue. I mean, to do that is is huge. I mean, to do that is, you know, you're, that's barbecue. So coming from the world that I've come from, which you apparently enjoy, and then coming into the Central Texas barbecue aspect, or just the Texas barbecue aspect, something that I appreciate and have watched over the course of the time that I've lived here is incorporating that other food world into the traditional barbecue and marrying the two. And the places that are doing that are having so much success and they're able to capture both um, groups of people. So you're not going anymore just maybe to get sliced brisket and some ribs on a tray. You're going because they're doing uh, elote and they're doing the pork porchetta. And I know I said Mimsy's already, but watching what him and his wife are doing is absolutely amazing to me. And they're getting people to go eat at their restaurant that maybe would never go to a barbecue restaurant if they were just doing strict traditional barbecue sliced meats on a tray. And to further that point, when Daniel Vaughn came out with the top 25, he had a heavy focus on um, places that were not doing traditional barbecue. Go back and read through that list in every single paragraph he wrote. He was not out there looking for ribs, brisket, and sausage, your uh, Texas Trinity on a tray. And that speaks volumes to where uh, barbecue has been going over the last few years that I've been involved in it. And I, I think that that's something perfect. We'll, we'll end with this. The last top 50 was called, the, the, the theme was the golden age of barbecue. The new top 50, based on the new top 25, what you said, it, it sounds like there may be this infusion of, yes. of new uh, chef-driven right. styles, chef cooking. Fusing maybe maybe that, because the, the, top, the top few in that list were, were very traditional back in the last list. And so maybe that that'll be the next theme, but we're we're. Well, we're and the great thing I'm is, curious to see. Th- there's room for right. both of those. Worlds, Correct, see? and that's yeah. the great 100%. thing. Is is I still love going to Lockhart and having that straightforward Central Texas ex- experience. I still love going to places like here that do a little bit of both. They have yes. the tradition and the and you know and the innovative, and then the pl- the places that do the absolutely crazy off the wall stuff but do it well. You know those places are fun too, and they're always exciting because there's always something different. Correct. Well, I think that's what's about barbecue right now is it's it's sort of it has opened up into a lot of different yeah it, it was areas. a very narrow lane yeah. for a long time and that's really widened over this last decade and and you know there, there's always going to people that still veer off into the shoulder of that lane but there's a lot there's a lot of room for a lot of creativity and, and you know a lot of that well, is driven by the social media yep. aspect the younger people coming up and all of that online presence that we've touched on a couple of times well, in this conversation well, Thank you again. The food was phenomenal, y'all. The discussion was great. Um, both the stuff that we won't be on record and the stuff that is on record, <laughs> as always. Um, we appreciate it. For those of you that are listening, Brett's Barbecue Shop in Katy, Texas on Mason Road. Yeah. 
good god luck finding a parking spot but it's worth it <laughs> but absolutely yeah they're doing to, to go order pre-orders only right now um but that will hopefully change as everything starts to open back up uh let us know every way to find you guys social media website all that fun stuff facebook at brett's barbecue shop and that's bbq no b-a-r b-a-r okay i'm sorry B-E-C-U-E. No, so, <laughs> Facebook and Instagram, it's at Brett's Barbecue Shop, B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E. On Twitter, it's Brett's BBQ Shop, due to the short handle requirement. Yeah. Yep. And then Square Site is where our menu is. Um, we post it live every Monday at noon, and you can do all your pre-orders through there. It is Brett's BBQ Shop dot square dot site. Awesome. And you guys are open? Wednesday through Sunday. 11.30 to sell out Wednesday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, 11 through sell out. Awesome. So you guys have plenty of opportunities to get out here. If you haven't been out here, you need to get out here at some of the best barbecue in the Houston area. If you've been out here but it's been a while, get back out here because it's still some of the best barbecue in the Houston area. We're impressed every time we come here. Keep up the great work, guys. We can't wait to see, you know, as things keep continuing to grow for you and it's uh it's been a fun two years uh, thank you yeah. guys. thank you absolutely congratulations on two years and and here's for many 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 more cheers